So, guys, welcome back to the Football Bravo podcast. We've had a short hiatus of uh, of just life at the moment because we've been so busy. But welcome back for episode three, and we've got Alex back as well. Again, we're actually free this time. So, <laughs> if, I mean, if, I mean this is time. Saying, <laughs> I know, yeah. But but the I mean, the last two weeks we've had a lot of football, um, and literally all the season starting again. But also, we've had the bad news this week of Boris, uh, as we say, shutting the fans down out again. And the other thing is, um, national, <laughs> yeah, uh, national league and below, the the classing them as apparently as elite uh, clubs, which I mean, some of the part time in the national league north and south, they can't get fans in. So we're we're back to square one in this country of a club's going to survive again. This is the this is the big deal, isn't it? So yeah, it's back to square one as well of the Premier League clubs being. Uh, you know, being able to carry on as normal with the television money and everyone else, who cares? You know, it always it always seems to be the impression that from the, the powers that be in football that whoever supports, you know, the top, you know, top five, top six, that their clubs mean more to them than anyone else, which That's... is wrong. You know, every, everyone's club means as much to, to individuals as, say, Liverpool and Chelsea do to their fans. And the thing is, it's, I mean, talking about, you know, the top clubs helping the small clubs out financially and what have you, but the I can't see it happening to be honest, mate. I mean, you look at the likes of Berry and Macclesfield, and you know, no one's no one's even no one from the top of football has even shown an interest. Well, according to uh, Chris Wilder and Klopp, apparently they're open to providing financial support, but then again, it's under the government again. It's the yeah. same with the National League; they're they're looking for money. According to Stockport County CEO, they were saying nearly a three million loss a month. I think they were looking at yeah. at the thing at, at National League level, which I mean is quite a lot for, especially when you you think revenue. And uh, they were debating whether did do, do they delay our season yeah. or the th- that's it now it's either we either go live streaming like most clubs have done like with the iFollow mm. and it's I don't know it's we're all at a bit of an impasse well, right? I haven't having already used the iFollow I can tell you it's, it's it's just not the same as going to a match you know it's even you can't it's a bit weird watching your own team on 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 the screen you know usually because when, when when you're watching your old team, if it's uh, at the level we're talking about, you don't see them on TV a lot usually. You know, they're not um, top of the bill in terms of what people want to watch. So you only get to see them in the stadium. So it's been a bit weird in that sense. But let's face it, I, I think the, the new restrictions, with all the cases going up again, and it it's looking like we're going to end up at, back to square one, like we were a few months ago. I don't, I don't blame... You know, I don't have any problem with the decision not to let fans back in the ground because at the end of the day, people's safety is the main thing. But it's just, it's the whole football community that is causing a problem now because there's just no relationship between the, 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 you know, the, the top clubs or anyone else. Yeah. I mean, it's, not, you, it's like the people have said, um, City, United, Liverpool, Arsenal, what they spend on um, on one player's wages, you know, that could have saved Barry. Yeah. So that's that's the difference we're talking in terms of of the of financial power, and all it wouldn't have taken, you know, it wouldn't have caused too much harm to all these clubs who could have afforded to do that. But they've not they've not taken any notice because that the, it's just seen as not being their problem. And this is this is our national game. This and there's got to be a point where you know people get together and think, hang on, we're looking at the survival of of you know of football as you know in its physical sense in the in the fact of in the sense of people going to watch a game. Yeah. 
as you think, we've got we've got many clubs in the over seven hundred clubs, haven't we? Between step mm. one of the Premier League to say step ten of the the non uh, non league, it's yeah, it's amazing what a lot of clubs yeah. can do, and I think a lot more people are just to get to a game and now go into the, the smaller clubs so they can have a day out again. But as you yeah. say, if, if you look at we had the pilot last week for a thousand fans in ten games. And now, and now they've obviously paused that. Fan, I think some fans might suffer. Like obviously, mental health becoming more prominent in the last mm. six months from thinking. And but a lot of people want, I think, a bit of stability, saying, "Oh, we can go out again, go and enjoy ourselves at the football." Yeah. And I th- you think it's it's that point now where a lot of people think another six months of staying in is is it beneficial for people? But yeah. they're still allowing. I'd say to some people, maybe go and look at your your local clubs if you can get a ticket hmm. so you've actually gone go watch some football and then keep you keep yourself occupied but like you say that's that's the thing it can't be underestimated how important football is in that sense it's like you know music or tv or anything else in the sense that it's a way of i mean it's a bit of a contradiction but it's meant to be a way of relaxation isn't it you work hard in the week and then you go and watch the football and have a good time at, at you know the end of the week well steam the problem is that for most of us because we lose most of the time we don't get to relax more stressful yeah as i say you've lost your first two games of the season you can already see what's going to happen before it does happen so you know <laughs> well uh well, no, you're right. It's people are, and the thing is as well is that you're looking at all these other events that are, are going on in terms of you know people going on nights out and what have you, and you're thinking, what's the difference of all these people going out on a night out? That's it, and they're all clustered and together. Then, whereas you, you know, can have people it. just completely, you know, not complying with any sort of rules or showing any social consciousness, and then you've yeah. got I mean, people I t- not being, you know. I tell you what, Monday. I don't know if you've seen it, the hashtag United game. I mean. I know oh yeah, I saw, I saw a bit of it. Yeah, I saw. The, at the end when they're all all the fans are celebrating, and you just think yeah, all, it's all around the pitch, didn't at, they? At the, yeah. at the moment, it's should they be celebrating with the fans and all that? And you think you you're, you can't go you can't go to your club and experience that. Mm. And well, I mean, I saw that I saw that thing last night. You know, the the Super Cup for them. Oh uh, yeah, I, I watched the last it. I watched the last fifteen minutes or something. Yeah, they had twenty thousand fans, didn't they? Yeah, and it looked like it was sensibly, you know, separated out, and and no one was, no one was, uh, you know, disobeying the rules, so to speak. But the problem is, is that in like with a lot of things in that regarding this in in this country, there's no rules that have been enforced, and you know, it's like who if you're letting like people into stadiums, then it should be really people who have. The, the sort of the die-hard fans, really, so to speak. The problem in this country is that, well, in most footballing countries, but there's a lot. Well, there's a lot of people there who, there to watch the game. There's a lot of people there just for the day out and to you know to treat it as like it's a party. You know what I mean? And yeah, and I, yeah, I kind of agree with you. The fight and what have you. And, and but it's uh, when I looked at that last night, I thought, yeah, that's 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 the way to do it. As long as people are gonna gonna do as they're told, and that is. And rules are going to be enforced. It's just whether, uh, you know, stadiums over here, whether people are capable of doing that, whether clubs are able to keep fans safe. But obviously they've, they've deemed it not so. So this is where the whole community, in terms of the national football community, needs to get, get together and help each other out, which is not what we're seeing. I mean, it's like you say, I think it's Chris Wilder and, and Liverpool have, have come out and showed the support. But at the end of the day, that's two clubs out of 20. Yeah, I mean, it's not a very good, uh, you know. I tell you what, from, yeah. 
understanding the, how serious the situation is. I think it was a quote by Sean Dyche this week. Uh, I don't think he was... It was like he was saying... He was like comparing, right, we can, ba- we can bail these clubs out, but when you look at maybe another sector, like an actual different sector, not, not away from football, like hospitality, mm. are they going to yeah. filter out and save the money and stop redundancies? Yeah. And he was like, no, it's not going to happen. But you think football's so different... It's part of people's lives. And... Well, this is the thing where they say talk, we're talking about saving clubs. When we're talking about saving clubs, we're talking about the staff who have been there for years who keep the clubs running day in, day out. You know, and, and that's on that side of it, as much as, you know, we, we all uh, want the best players and it's what happens on the what happens on the pitch is what counts. But you won't have, without the staff behind the scenes, you won't have any players going on the pitch in the first place. So, you know, where you see a lot of things talk about, you know, this debate like at Arsenal, for example, about Aubameyang, where they've had staff laid off and yet they've forked out the money to renew his contract and what Yeah, and they've this signed is it. Where, this is where, you know, and, and you look at things like that and people wonder why fans of the lower league are so, you know, sort of, not bitter, but in terms of this, just fed up of hearing about the Premier League. You know, it's and let's face it, the Premier League in terms of quality, I don't think it's been the best league at all in the world. You know, we talk about the best league in the world and and the best football, but when you've got Liverpool winning the league by twenty odd points last year and and not playing half as well as they did the year before, you know that can't, that to me doesn't justify the amount of money that has been prioritised and put into players and yet staff are neglected. You know, uh, it's just not on, is it really? When you think about no. all the amount of money that half the clubs run, and then you look at you say entertainment value for the championship last season, the last day, I think, yeah, as we I say, know. Barnsley stayed up, Luton stayed Forest, up, out of, Forest, out of, it up and, oh, yeah, it's like you say, it's all this is the thing, though, it's all the we talk about value for money and what have you, and this is where we get so sidetracked in terms of what you know, the reality is that people are employed by football clubs and it's these people who were there for, for years and not, you know, the players come and go, you know, players last at, at the most nowadays, last about three years at a football club and the staff who are at that football club who have been there for 30 years and no one cares about them because they're not the, the highlight attraction, you know, which is understandable. No one goes, no one supports the <laughs> football club for the staff, but in terms of, in in terms of crises like this, they do they do count, and um, I think it's just until we sort of get there's more communication between the levels of football, we, we're just gonna have the same old story as we've seen with Berry and, and Macclesfield. Mm, I, mean, I think I think with Macclesfield, it was very it's been very touch and go with them for the last couple of years. By the sounds of it, I mean yeah. they couldn't pay their players in the national league when they got promoted, and then. All of apparently they owe one of the managers over half a million pounds or something. There's always there's always signs of yeah. There's always signs of when things are going wrong. It's like with Bolton. We we saw it when we talk about when we got relegated to the Championship and all these news news reports of the the amounts of debt that were that were stacking up. And then when it we knew it was really getting bad when like with Macclesfield and and Southend as well when we saw reports that the players weren't being paid. And as soon as you see reports of that, that's when it's all starting to go, you know, people need to be concerned. And it's um, it's just going to happen to more and more clubs, I'm afraid. Even with us, we're not out the neck, you know, we're not out of it yet with, with this situation. I just don't see, unless we have unless we have football people running football in this country, nothing's going to change. Well, there's, there's talk in the papers today that maybe the Yanks coming over and, 
splashing the cash and well, this like the thing. saving well, the money. But it's, it's again all there. It, all it is with America that in that sense, football over there. You know, you got American football. The teams, it's it, it's literally just a business over there. I mean, they move teams from one one state to another, don't they? Yeah, you know, that's it's mad, isn't and, it? When you think and about it's it. not seen as like a, an outrage. You know, imagine when you compare that to this country, and when you saw like what happened with Wimbledon and MK yeah, and, and like what's you know the sort of the animosity that's left behind. But in America, that's normal. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's literally all the 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 corporate side of corporate side of it that counts. But football football clubs in this country. You know, over 100 years ago, most of them were, were formed by a local community. And only because the, of the need for financial investment, the need to keep going, have they become as, as the need for a business model emerged. But that doesn't mean that the community side of it, the importance of, of football to the community has been taken away. And uh, I don't know. Go around in circles with it. Yeah, I mean, particularly at the moment. Particularly at the moment, if if they're saying now till that at at least till March that no fans are going to be going to stadiums, and for anyone outside the Premier League, that the revenue is and you know, and they're saying the top half of the Championship outside of of that area, if if they're not going to get any revenue now till March, then you're going to see loads of clubs going under. Yeah, unless. Unless the top clubs help help the small clubs out, and no one's say no one's asking for handouts. It's not a case of you know making them feel as if they should be obliged to, but it's just out of common decency. I think you know it's the... yeah, it's part of football, isn't it? I think I think the thing is fans are the are the ones that you think look. You're looking back at last night. You look, you look at a few of the cup ties that have happened. You mm. think fans make a difference? It, they they really do. Cause we'll, look at, well, look at that. What was it? Um, Morecambe and Newcastle. Was it? Seven, Seven nil, wasn't it? Yeah. Nil, was it? And then you got that Liverpool and Lincoln. Lincoln. I, I mean, I watched I mean, that game you know, last You night. know Lincoln well. You know it's saying if it's yeah. a full crowd, they can get a. You know that. Oh, a lot of these results wouldn't have been wouldn't have happened if it, no. If you you compare it to. Oh, I was gonna say you compare it to last year. Lincoln played Everton, and I think it fit mm. well. I can't remember, but we had three goals. Where the crowd went wild and stuff, and you think, "Wow, look, I kind of wish I was there." Whereas last night, it's it's empty and it's. Well, the thing is, even when players are absolutely on the knees, the crowd can lift them up. You know, if the and the, it, you, you, teams can still stay in the game, and you can get, like you say, you can get the cup shots and what have you. But th- this with this last last couple of days, there's not been any shocks, have there? I don't no, think. it's all just been. <laughs> Well, there's been what was it? Uh, Newport and Newport, Watford. I think that's yeah. the only one I can remember off the top of my head. But all the other ones, the, the top clubs have just annihilated everyone, haven't they? So, just shows the impact of on on results that this this is having. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know where it's going to end. I mean, we say it's going to be at least till March, where no one's going to be able to watch the game. But if things don't, if this doesn't get get any better, we could. It's it looks like it's going to be the whole season, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, really? the thing is, do you end the season and then you think players' contracts are they going to be are they, are they going to be on it to the end of the season? If you say a break again, I, I don't really know because you can't. I can't see a break happening. Yeah, well, especially with oh go on, no go on, mate. I was going to say the the fixture list obviously this year is a bit more congested. It's it's the general interest in the game is just going to go down because at the end of the day, it's like, it's like when you, people are just going to be sick of seeing it on TV, aren't they? You know, what, watching it. And 
I mean, it looks like a friendly match half the time in an empty stadium when you're watching it on TV and you're just thinking football fans are going to be turned away from the sport, aren't they? They're just not going to be able to have the match day experience. And and if it goes on for like the whole season, that's a long time for people. That That's enough time for fans to get disenfranchised, isn't it? But, yeah, I think know. it's that point though, isn't it, where I think you have to dig your heels in and just kind of hopefully you can watch your team. But as you say, it's the live streaming now. I think maybe for the next six yeah. months, it's the model to go for most clubs. And But that's if they can establish the link for live streaming and yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, it's like the. I mean, if you look at VAR, for example, and it's only Premier League clubs who've got who seem to have the capacity to do it. And like you say, this live streaming thing, it, it sounds daft, but a lot of clubs might not even be able to provide that service. You know, because um, again, you know, you've got all these. A lot of clubs now they have like technological wizards who are, and you know social media teams and what have you. But a lot of the clubs down there they don't they don't have that you know because they just rely on on fans turn the same fans turn up every week. So there's no you know not much for social media presence and and regarding like say live streaming there's no guarantee that everyone's going to have the same access to that. Yeah, it's especially maybe the older generation fans maybe not as we say may not own a computer or have Wi-Fi because they might not might not want it and obviously you think usually they just go to the local and watch it isn't it but then again maybe you go to a family uh, family members don't you and yeah. watch it this is the thing now you you, you think well, even that even even go because of you know like we said we look at the numbers going up even go around to family members now that, that that's not even allowed is it <laughs> People see that as a, a result of watching the game and together as a, as a group, and then they can't do that because they're yeah. restricted. So it's we know this the thing that what well, fans are uns- are upset because there's just so much uncertainty, and it's just it, it's come out of nowhere. This answer, it's just yeah, yeah, and it's. I think we were talking a couple of weeks back. You think. Season's nearly here for some for some clubs, and you think fans might finally be allowed in, and then all of a sudden you get that. You think mm. it's a it's a big blow really for the fans because a lot of people want to go and watch games, and as you say, it's it's more time being stuck in, isn't it? And it's yeah for a lot of people. But I mean, like yeah, like we were saying before, I mean, it's meant to be the time where you can go and meet your mates and go go out and watch your team play and, and sort of forget about all your other troubles, but. Now you haven't got that, you're just going to see more and more people getting, you know, feeling down and out. And like I say, it's not the same watch. It's not the same watching your team on TV. You know, if you're not if you're not in the Premier League or or you know top of the Championship, you just the only time you see your team is on the on the highlights or or in person. And not being able to do that, you just feel you can feel lost, can't you? Yeah, definitely. I think you say. They had the eye follow for the last, I think the last year now. And I mean, it's ten pound a game, and you think if you've bought a season ticket and then having to pay on top, I think that's, yeah. I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. Well, the thing is, as well, it's, it's you've seen it. It's like there's clubs where the the people who bought the season tickets, and then they're saying, oh, uh, if you go on the eye follow thing, you won't have to pay for it, pay more money for it because you're a season ticket holder. We'll give you a code to watch it for free. But even if you do tally that, you know, doing the financial side of it, if it's £10 a match on that iFollow and that works out a lot cheaper than what you pay for your season ticket in terms of match, you know, fans are going to want the money back, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. It's, not, it's, it's a bit, it is a con. 
Well, and as well, there's probably they've probably got to have incidents with that where the iPhone shuts, you know, yeah, shuts down, and you think, you, know, the, like, you want to watch football, don't you? And then obviously it's all the incompetences that you can find with it will probably, you know, <laughs> reveal themselves. But... That's it. <laughs> it's like with any though, anything live streaming. You, sometimes you have a problem, sometimes you don't. It's it's about trying to get it right. And I think I think obviously the amount of traffic, depending on who's watching what, say it's a big game. And if it crashes, you think, oh, why did I pay money for this? And yeah. are they going to refund you? Probably not, because that's what that's what happens usually in a lot of in a lot of cases. But I don't know. It's it seems to have got to a really weird point of where we're either having to live stream games now. And you, mm. but the, I think the biggest issue for me is is the is the National League and step step one and two. They're not allowing fans in, which I mean. Step, yeah. For step two, National League North and South, they're the fan, there's still maybe some part-time teams in there that need the fans to come through. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's it's again, we're not talking in the lower leagues. We're not talking players who are on lots, you know, big money contracts. They, they, they're, they're a lot more in line of the traditional football, the way they themselves were the working man, you know. And like I say, half of them are only doing this as, as uh, you know, part-time, and and the. They're relying on the on the finan- on clubs being financially stable, and the thing is, well, like you say, at lower at national league, for example, it's it seems a lot more practical uh, to let fans in. You know, there seems to be you know a lot of it's mainly standing into it. Yeah, so, some of it is. Yeah. So there must be certain there's certain grounds where you can allow for a bit of leniency and let people come in and just have it well policed and and not. You know, Pete and fans being sensible and, and make sure that the fans who are coming to watch them and the, and the real sort of die-hard fans, who, the loyal fans who will turn up every week and who understand how serious the situation is. But again, it's one of those where Liverpool, City, United, Arsenal, Chelsea—they haven't got a clue what's going on in the National League. They've no interest in it. All they're interested in is—is—is is, is their team doing you know, well? And yeah, who, who I'm are not surprised by that. I mean, no, well, no, one's, yeah. no one's asking every single club in the country to help each other out and always have an eye on one another. You know, you end the day, you compete with one another, but there's times where you can show a bit of a bit of understanding and. I just feel like we're not getting that at the moment. Mm, that's it, isn't it? It's, you just let's say you're going to keep going around in circles with this. Yeah. Just, let's say maybe we hope to get some better news down in a couple months' time where fans are allowed in. Obviously, not loads, as you say, thirty percent capacity to start off with, build it up, and obviously, hopefully, yeah. all this goes at the end, and fans keep keep going back to their clubs. So, anyhow. <laughs> As as the old saying goes, it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is what it is. But I mean, yeah. So we'll move on from that. I think. I think that was a. I think that's the thing. But one thing that's always riled you, Alex, I think, is the England team. I mean, it's just. just, just, It seems like we're not going anywhere with it. I know. That's that's the problem. (laughs) When you think two years ago, when we were you sat in the pub and think, was it first game against? Was it Tunisia? Sat in the sat in the gardens, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you think, right? So I mean, it's one all. We're like, I mean, it's it's the World Cup. It's buzzing, and it's all thing here. Yeah. And then you get a 90th minute winner and Harry Kane, and it, I mean, it just goes mad. I just you just love that. I love the atmosphere. Yeah. But ever and since the Columbia, and the Columbia one as well, you know where? Oh, the, that was brilliant. <laughs> for the first time in a lifetime. <laughs> I know, yeah, I remember breaking my glasses that night because yeah, <laughs> it was part of the, part yeah. of the thing. Yeah. But, um, you think now? You think the England? Yeah. I don't. It's just, 
it's the whole the whole thing that it was it used to be such a big with any international team it used to be the best players in in the country represented the country and I know we talk about bringing young players through and what have you but at the end of the day the, the national team is there to represent the country and to and to win for the country regardless of who's who's playing for them and it just seems like all this obsession with experimenting with different players I mean we're playing a new team every time we play and you look at all the other countries now, they're all, as they go along, they're starting to find the best 11 and the best squad. And we're just seeing players, every, every game, they were just, like, we're, everyone's questioning them as if to say, why are they in the team? They're not the best players. They're not, um, they've not proven themselves to be the best players. I mean, we're putting players in who have had two, three good games, and all of a sudden they're international quality. Yeah, and, you look at, I mean, the Denmark game, What did, did he play three holding midfielders? Was it Phillips, Henderson and Rice? Where's the creativity there? And you think, what has happened with Southgate? Where, has he... well, the thing is, I think with Southgate, he seems to think that his job is just to play young players. And that's not his job. His job is to, is to manage the team and win. And if you, it's no good saying, it's like the old phrase, the, the old dilemma of, uh, you know, would you rather win a match but play bad or would you rather lose the match but play brilliant football? And he's he seems to be on this approach of it doesn't matter about the result, but we're playing we're playing the this passing from the back game and we're playing young players. You know what does that achieve? That doesn't achieve anything. That was that just means that you lose more matches through being through being silly. Yeah, and, it, it, I mean especially the England team. It's it's a funny one, isn't it? The, sometimes you either you're international, you don't watch the internationals, and they've played really badly. I mean, was it the Kosovo game when we went and watched it, and we were thinking, oh, it's five? I think it's like five three, and we we're wondering how Kosovo had scored three out of like nothing. Yeah, yeah. and then, and you're know, at home, you know, that's what I don't know. I just don't understand this whole obsession that they have to be young players and they have to be obviously we want young players playing for the national team, but they have to be good enough. You know, they're not. I'm sure. There's times where, I mean, I remember that, uh, I think, I don't even know if it was before the, the World Cup or afterwards, but I remember when we played uh, France and, you know, us and the French are meant to be, I mean, obviously France now is probably the best team in the world and, and we're meant to be like one of the one of the top teams, although based on what we've seen, I don't think we are. But I remember when we played them in Paris and it was, I think, France won 3-2 in the end, but we had an extra man for like, I think there's nearly the whole whole of the second half, and um, and we still managed to lose three two, and we just looked absolutely pathetic in terms of how we had a man extra and still managed to lose the game, even though we're meant to be on equal terms with them in terms of quality and what have you, and it just completely exposed the fact that we're not we can't we can't ever play the right team or have have the the bottle to to see a win out. And it was. I think Southgate just seems to part with the wrong team every time. I think you look at I think you look at Pickford. He's had a really shaky season, hmm. and he, he keeps him he keeps him in net. And you think Pope, who had fifteen clean sheets last season, why is he not starting? Well, again, you've got to again. Is this the elitism of football? Is it because he plays for Burnley? You know what I mean? It's all. Uh, I mean, it's like you say that that uh, Pickford has has been just average. Anti really the past couple of seasons. Yeah, Ever since he's... he's just been an average goalkeeper, and you've got other goalkeepers, but because they don't say play from the same uh, prestigious clubs, they're not they're just not um, considered first choice options unless unless they're absolutely needed. But the whole the whole. Um, 
prestige of playing for the national team just seems to have gone now. And yeah, there's no because it because it just seems very easy for players to get into it, you know. And 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 like we were saying a few weeks ago, we were saying that they should look at players from a wider wider spectrum in terms of you know maybe in the championship you look in terms of defenders, but they have, they still have to be good, you know. <laughs> can't yeah, they? it's. I think Southgate is more preoccupied with with just keeping players happy rather than producing a winning team. And I'm sorry if you if that's all you if you're worried about a player's keeping a player happy and over results, that is something to worry about. I, th- I think for the Euros, it, I, th- I think a lot of us have been made favourites because we've been so good. But then, mm-hmm. especially in the Nations League, we've But I mean, you look at Bel- you look at the likes of Belgium who played football that is really good and suits them is it even with France yeah plays that seem to work for them so well, you look at the French and, and you look at Belgium they've, they've got the best players in the team the best players in the country are playing in the team and here they're not doing it's all just rotation just for the sake of doing it because it's it or for somehow some reason it gives everyone a chance but players have got to earn that chance they shouldn't be given the chance. They need to earn it. They're playing for the national team, not not uh, you know not on, it's not like a, a you know playing on the school field where uh, oh everyone needs to be included. You know this is meant to be a prestigious posi- position that they're in, and Southgate is just undermining that. Yeah, I think it's the same with like Grealish. He, he wasn't picked in the first round of the team selection, but he had like eight goals and ten assists, and he, somehow is he not in that team? Whereas Calvin mm. Phillips, who's not set foot in the Premier League, gets in the I mean, team. The top, the, top, the top managers, and it's even it's even more difficult at international level because you're not seeing the players, you're not getting the same sort of team spirit that you would in the club, in the sense of working with each other every day, you know, week after week. These players just meet up after, you know, every so often. And I remember during the World Cup, and he, he kept Southgate kept making the point that oh, usually the problem with the England team is that all the players from the top clubs, the, the rival, they carry the rivalries into the dressing room. But with this group of players, they're all humble and this, this, that and the other. And ever since, I'm sorry, but I think there's even more rivalry compared to previous years in terms of you know the Liverpool players, the City players, the United players. There's no togetherness whatsoever. And again, he's just bringing in players now for the sake of it because it makes him look good in terms of this obsession with rotation and it's not getting anywhere we've got worse I mean you look at that I mean I, don't, I think we saw it didn't we that game against Holland and we yeah, lost three in that Nations League and literally all three goals were just absolutely ridiculous in how, how they were given away because they wanted to play out from the back well if it, playing out from the back is going to lose you three goals a game then don't do it <laughs> no try something new instead of playing out from the back I mean I mean, fans, they say fans want to see entertaining football. Yes, they do. But fans also want to see winning football. You know, like, like we were saying, I'd rather play terrible and, and scrape a 1-0 than play brilliant and, and lose 2 or 3-0 because we can't defend. You know. It's, it's mad, isn't it? It's just... yeah. I don't know. It just, it just, we never seem to learn our lesson with regards to the England team. It's, um, I'd, I'd, I've never understood this obsession with, with rotation. And you look at all the top managers in the world, and not just at the moment, but in the past, the managers who've not been afraid to make big decisions. And it just seems at the moment that Southgate is just trying to please everyone. And that's not that's not what the national team should be about. It should be the best in the country, you know, playing together and, and 
and doing what they can, not not giving average mediocre players a chance. And then when they go, um, and the thing is as well, when they get onto the international stage, they're, they're badly exposed of how average they are. I mean, <laughs> that that's the problem. Then they, they probably won't get a game after that. There's no the, the scouting system and how how players are picked from the squad just seems so inept. And yeah, and they don't work, do they? they just... and, the is, and the thing is, most of us know it. And we all football fans aren't stupid. They can see where the problems are, but they just with, with regards to the national team, nothing ever changes, does it? Because it's the same people involved. I mean, as much as I mean, I don't have anything against the guy, but the thing with Southgate, he's just a typical yes man, isn't he? Let's yeah, face it. I mean, works for the FA, doesn't it? That's when it. He got the job, when he got the job, he didn't have a track record that said he stood out for that England job, did he? Let's face it, and. And now we're just seeing it exposed. And it's the same with players. There's players who they have two or three good games and everyone thinks they're world beaters and then they get onto the international stage and they've, and they've found out to be very average. And I think that those games against uh, Denmark and... Um, Iceland, and yeah. You that. It's, it's, it's just thingy, isn't it? It's part of the, part of the thing for the England national team. It's just... I mean, you look at you look at how... I mean, I've spent time in like France, for example, and you look at how other countries can't believe how many football clubs we have in this country and how, how ingrained football is into society. And yet they can't understand how bad we are at it. They <laughs> <laughs> can't understand that we've won one, one World Cup. And yet we have, what, 92 professional football league teams and compared to the amount of teams in France and Germany. And yet they always seem to win. And we just can't get our heads around it. Is it down to the system we play? I, you never know, do you? You say I, don't, I always again as well. It's we keep talking about systems and what have you, but a lot of it, it's no good having systems if you haven't got the players who are who are good enough, and you haven't got the players who respect a, a manager. You know, and there's there's a, a lot of the top teams in history. They've they've known they've had a way of playing which has been ingrained into them. And they don't need to listen to tactics before the match because the tactics are already in the minds. They use they use their intelligence and they they find a way of playing that that, that is a winning way. And we're playing doing all this messing around with with formations and what have you. And as well, man management. You know, it's no good having the brilliant tactical genius if you haven't got players who respect you and you can't get the best out of them. I mean, I'm sure Chris Wilder, at Sheffield United, wouldn't have wouldn't have got this far with with them. Bearing in mind that most of the players he had them since League One, I don't think he would have got this far without top man management skills. You know, and obviously the respect that he deserves. Really, yeah, and we just seem to have England managers consecutively where the players just don't have any. They're not intimidated by the manager. You know, they don't play for the manager. They just they just see it as another job. Yeah, I, I think as I say, the England job. You just it's one of those. It's not a poison chalice, but. It's one of those that... Nine, <laughs> you never really know, do you? It's, I mean, it's England. That's the best way I can put it. It's England. Yeah. That's the thing. It's one of those, you know, it's, it's like in, in football, you have certain clubs where they, they always call them the nearly clubs, don't they? And, and it's and it's the same at, at national level. We, we, other countries look at us and just think, you know, they're never going to win anything either because they always fail. And, and that's why there's so little optimism going into every single tournament because it's just consecutive years of, of failure and even when we look at that we look at the world cup and everyone says yeah but we got to semi-final but look how we went out of it as well uh, yeah i mean so, outplayed I mean, by croatia 
But, but what I mean, that's not saying Croatia aren't a good team. They're, they're a very good team and they deserve to win. But how bad we were in that second half and, and tactically, he just didn't have a clue what to do. And it was embarrassing by the end of it, really, wasn't it? I thought it was. So the same works where you you make your your big your big plays, don't you? You make you make sure mm. the tactics are spot on and you they're drilled into the players. But then if if they don't believe that, your heads go down and that's it. Yeah, I think. Well, that's it. Their heads dropped as soon as they lost the equaliser. The heads just dropped completely, and it was it just. And these are meant to be the best. These are meant to be the best of the of the Premier League. And again, just highlighted how the Premier League isn't the be all and end all in world football, but. You know, the thing is, as long as the FA, as long as it keeps the model that it has, and it's 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 all um, you know the the bureaucracy of it, and no one with any actual football expertise running it, you'd, we're just going to get the same problems. And it's like after Southgate, you know, I hope he does well, but I just can't yeah. see it well for him. But as soon as he goes, it'll be another yes, man. It'll be another. Who would you say would you be your next England manager if you would pick? If you're the FA right now. Southgate's gone and he's just carrying the war. Who would be your next manager? Well, again, because of who they manage, you no one's going to ever give them a chance. But you look at Sean Dyche and Chris Wilder, why not? You know, I think they've done far more to earn the position than a lot of previous managers have done. And I look at them and they've got, and they, they manage teams where the players would, would go out every week and, and play 110% without fail. And, uh, I think they, they carry the authority with them in the dressing room, so why not? But it won't happen. It won't happen. They're not they're Sheffield United and, and Burnley, they're not considered, you know, yeah of, of the elite in football. It's like the same. Well it's you look at Sheffield United, for example, could come up from League One with a with still a lot of the players from that time still playing in the team today. And all they get tagged with, same with Burnley, all they get labelled with is is long long ball football and uh, and tactical naivety. And I'm thinking uh, it's just so disrespectful to diminish what what they've achieved. And yet Frank Lampard is being hailed as like you know the next top manager in 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 the country. You know I just find it it just shows you how the the hierarchy of football in this country and and how clubs are judged really. And it's like I saw that Leicester and uh, game the other night, Leicester and Burnley on on BBC, and they kept again kept talking about typical long ball Burnley, like they did with us back in the day with Big Sam. Typical long ball Burnley, and I thought they they commented on that, and then about a minute later, Leicester put about three or four balls into the box, and no, and everyone said brilliant football, brilliant build up play. I'm thinking, what's the difference in that? I think that's the thing now. A lot of it is more. The technical aspect of the game, isn't it? It's no, oh, let's put a, let's whip ball into the back post. Oh, what a brilliant cross! It's but there, but there are certain clubs in the Premier League who who they don't want in there because they just don't carry the you know the flair, just... isn't it? It's the flair of They're carrying a small club tag, don't they? Like I say, Sheffield United, Burnley, us when we were in it, and you know Blackburn, Wigan, Sunderland. They're just clubs that the 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 top the high. The top of of the hierarchy just don't want us, and it's yeah. all. And it's like when the, I remember the thing about with what happened with Berry and uh, the night where they went, you know, where they were trying um, to save it, yeah, yeah, and it just didn't happen. They had fans phone in on, on Talksport, and all that. Well, not I think it's just radio channels in general, and and all you heard were these pundits saying, yeah, but you've got United and City on your doorstep, so at least you can go and watch them. 
and it was total respect that you know people people who support Enicles, whether it's Blackpool, uh, you know Burnley, us, Stockport County, Macclesfield Town, uh, Liverpool, Chelsea. It doesn't matter. The level of passion for their football team is equal. There's no, you can't say that United fans care more about United than Blackpool fans care about Blackpool. It's ridiculous. But that's the type of argument that a lot of pundits and, and these in the, in, in the game emphasise. And it's wrong. And that, that's what happened with that, um, with, with Berry, where they had people saying, oh, but why don't they just go and watch United and City? It's only on the doorstep. As if to say, well, it's not that important to follow Berry anyway, so what's the point? And that's the kind of level of disrespect that is is rife in the game. Yeah, it is. It's just, it's mad. So, uh, you're always going to get the hierarchy, aren't you? It's always going to be about the Liverpools, the, the Uniteds, the Chelsea's, the Cities, the Arsenal's. Say that's what's the most marketable, isn't it? It's yeah, the most marketable thing around the world, and you think, oh, there's some little little club in England that's gone bust. And you think, mm. like, what does that mean to me? That's it. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem for. No good. It's not. It's no good having the I'll boast about how good the Premier League is if the national team never wins, is it? You know. <laughs> no, that's it, isn't it? Anyway, put, put the world to rights. <laughs> I think Charlton. Charlton. Charlton have just been taken over. Yeah, I remember Charlton. We, we, another club that has has fallen so far. I mean, I remember under Alan Kirbishley in Charlton, we always, you know, they always sort of played, go up to mid table at least in the Premier League when they were up there, and then as soon as he left, it all all went wrong. But the, another, you know, top team that that people forget about. It's, it's mad. I think apparently last week an injunction to block the sale of the club was was absolutely that's mad. Why would you block a, a well? I guess stop a club being bought. I mean, well, this is the thing where it's just it's taking the mick out of fans, isn't it? It's all you know. It's like it's deliberate. I mean, that's like I say, it's just deliberate obstruction. That and there's only one. There's only one set of people who pay for it, and that's the fans. And I think all these with the money are just they're just playing their own little game, aren't they? Yeah, it's all so grudge, ma- grudge matches, isn't it? Just yeah, it's mad. So, mm. say that conclude the third episode. Would you say, Alex? I think we've had a yeah, we've we've uh, moaned for long enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the, part of the thing, isn't it? So, <laughs> as I say, well, uh, that's the end of episode three, and we'll uh, hopefully get it to you next week at some point. So, thanks, thanks for coming on, Alex. You're welcome. Anytime. That's it. All right. See you later.